I'm probably going to be the only person under 40 at the mammogram center. Will I feel out of place? Yes. But does that matter? No. And the reason why is because I want to prioritize my health and make sure I don't have a recurrence that nothing looks suspicious because of my history. everyone. Welcome to season two. This is Shauna. And this is Rosalina. And we're your hosts for Too Young for This Shit podcast. This podcast is not just about boobs, but a journey with cancer. We are young millennials open about giving you our raw and unfiltered look into our lives. We are in no way medical professionals, nor are we offering medical advice. Any medical references are cited directly from public websites or from our personal diagnosis. Some topics and stories may be triggering to those who are fighting, have fought, or have loved someone with cancer. Hey everyone, it's Rosalina here. Today, by the title of this episode, it's just going to be me. I think it's super important for Shauna and I to just have these solo episodes where we can really talk to you about what's going on right now in our life. And even though Shauna and I had the same type of hormone-positive breast cancer and essentially went through similar treatment plans in terms of going through chemotherapy and going through radiation, we are two different people who have two different experiences in our journeys after cancer, you'll get to hear her side of the story of what's going on with her. And I just want to talk to you personally about things that I've been going through. There's a couple things I wanted to talk about on this episode. The first thing I want to talk about is what happened this weekend. And it's something super fantastic. I've always dreamed of doing this and I can't believe I was a part of this music video. So let me just explain. I'm a part of this dance company and each quarter is something completely different. And so Q1 is all about being in a music video. We work with a local artist and we basically try to make her dreams come true with this music video based on her vision. As dancers, I believe it was like 20 girls that was able to be backup dancers for this particular music video. We've been practicing about like six weeks every Thursday for about three hours. And it's so cool to see the progress of this project from where we started to where we ended. Yesterday was the music video shoot day. I've never been in a music video before and it's been 
a dream of mine to always be in one since I was a little girl, just dancing in front of a mirror to a Britney Spears song. And I just never thought I would have that opportunity. When I came across this dance company, I was like, oh my God, I love dance and I have the opportunity to be in a music video. This is so awesome. I'm just so grateful for this opportunity. Yesterday, it was just an all day shoot. You know, we started at 1230 and then ended around 10. And I am such a curious person that I love to learn whatever I don't know. So I don't know anything about production. I don't know anything about how you set up for a music video or what goes on. And it is extremely cool to see from start to finish of how this music video comes together to the choreography to just so many crew members on the production team making sure that the presence of the room works out and the camera guy and how he moves along with you when you're dancing and making sure that, you know, even if you're not being seen in the camera at that point, you still need to do your choreography of what you've learned during rehearsal. And just also seeing the playback too, we were able to see like the playback of some of the shots we were able to capture and seeing the vision from the director's perspective. She's like so particular with like certain moves and certain aspects. And it's super cool to see like her vision and also the artist's vision and seeing also like the artist's costume and like everything to just like how the dancers are dressing up as. And it is so cool to see everything come together. And now I, not that I never had an appreciation for anyone who's behind the camera or someone who's super creative in that field, but I am just so astonished of how they are able to have that creative mindset and to bring all of that together into one. I have a different perspective now. And it's so cool. Like now I'm able to talk about it. Now I'm able to have more of an appreciation for directors, for anyone who works on the music video or any sense of video set, right? My heart is so full. And I woke up today super sore, but I am extremely grateful that I was able to be a part of this. Another thing I wanted to talk about, and you know, this morning I had coffee with a friend, and since I lived so close by, I just walked back to my house, which is like 30 minutes. But within that walk, I just had a reflection and just looking back at where I was and where I'm at now. And I think it's super important to always think of that because As many of you who are listening, who are a survivor, a thriver, a previvor, just going through 
the cancer journey is extremely depressing and super difficult. Just remembering for myself how I've always wanted to go back into dance. That was like my number one goal was, you know, when I was going through chemotherapy, was when I was going through radiation, I was like, I need to go back to dance. Like I'm going to make it my priority to go back by maybe eating well, by like nourishing my body, by going on walks. So then my body could be able to repair itself so I can go back to dance and not have the recent episodes that I did that I talked about in my in the previous episodes. But essentially during chemotherapy, I thought I could go back to dance. So I took a dance class and I felt like I was about to pass out. When I finished dancing, my boyfriend picked me up and I was hysterically crying because I was like, why do I feel like my body's giving up on me? I just felt very distraught. I felt like, oh my gosh, is my dream of going back to dance like crushed? You know, I had a a huge moment and I was like pretty depressed actually. So that was one moment. And then when I completed radiation, I was like, okay, I need to like work out because I couldn't, I wasn't able to work out during chemotherapy. And like I tried during radiation, like I went on a lot of walks, but actually doing my strength training and making sure that I'm building muscle and doing a lot of cardio. I did a workout class that was like 10 minutes from my house. I could just walk there and 30 minutes in, I just felt like passing out. And then I was like very distraught yet again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. But then also I need to think about, okay, like I just completed treatment like a few weeks ago. I think my body just needs to repair. So in January, I signed up to be a part of this dance company and I am so grateful, so proud of myself that I pushed through, even though I was super afraid of how my body was going to be in terms of like, can my body handle rehearsal for three hours? Can my body be able to be like when I used to dance pre-cancer? The one thing that I told myself in the beginning when I signed up, I am starting from scratch. I'm starting from scratch and I need to celebrate small wins. Whether it's I got two steps of the choreo, whether I put out my personality when I did the choreography, I was able to finish the whole entire choreography and not feeling like my body is giving up. I gave myself grace. And the thing that I was doing and the thing that I'm still doing is whenever we do, like whenever we complete a choreography in dance class, I record myself. So I don't know if you've ever been in a dance class, but essentially the teacher teaches us certain steps. 
We go over it with music, without music. And then once we complete part of the choreography that they want us to learn, then we do it in groups or we split up into groups. And so when that happens, I take my phone out, I put it by the mirror in front of me, and I just record myself. I record myself because I know that I am getting better each time I go to dance class. Each time I learn a new choreography, I am getting better. And I just celebrate those small wins where I'm just like, wow, I didn't even realize that I did that move super cool or like, wow, I was able to do the dance and be in sync with everyone else. I celebrate those small wins and I'm going to look back through the videos when I first started dancing in January till the end of this year. And I'm just going to be like so grateful and super like excited to kind of see my progress. You know, it's everything, you know, is baby steps. Just like when you're trying to lose weight or when you're trying to gain muscle, it takes time, right? Like it's just dedication and knowing that you're going to get there is just every single day or every time you go to dance class, you just be like, okay, this is this is just because I need to practice and I need to give myself grace because I am going to get to that place where I want to be. Anyways, I just wanted to talk about that and I am so excited for more (laughs) things happening in the dance world. So there's two things that happened. So when we're doing the dance rehearsal for the music video, I was talking to a team member and, you know, we were talking about her job and then she goes on to say that she lives with her mom. And then she opened up and talked about how her mom went through breast cancer. I was shocked in the sense of I didn't know that she was going to share that news. So it was like she was talking to me and my other teammate. She's the type of person that she's like very good at switching conversations over or like just knows how to continue a conversation where things won't get like super awkward. But yeah, so when she mentioned that, I didn't know exactly how to react because the thing for me, and I think, you know, a lot of people can say this is that when I'm in dance class or I'm doing dance rehearsal, that's my escape from the breast cancer world. When she brought that up, I was like super shocked. And there was a moment where like I wanted to cry. I didn't know how to react. And it's like, I understand that your mom went to cancer, but it's like, I also went through breast cancer not that long ago. And it's still like fresh in my mind. And I'm still trying to navigate how to prepare myself, even though like (laughs) you can't prepare, you know, those conversations. It put me into like a very, I wouldn't say like a dark place, but like it put me in a place where I had the realization that I'm like, 
oh yeah, I went through breast cancer and I feel kind of like isolated from everyone else because even though I don't know everyone's story and obviously like this um, team member, like she's living with her mom who has or had breast cancer, which I, I don't remember exactly which it was, has or had, but I'm still trying to navigate that. And I'm still trying to prepare myself because like, I don't want to cry in front of people. I don't want, you know, people to know, especially in like the dance community that I had breast cancer because that's my place to escape. So I kind of like froze up and I didn't know what to say. And she was really good in like switching the conversation. But yeah, I just wanted to talk about like how, you know, I had to go through this and I didn't even freaking know what to say after that. I was super open about my cancer journey on my personal Instagram. And the first time that I actually post about me dealing with breast cancer is when I completed chemotherapy. So that was the first time that I posted that about me going through breast cancer. I did that because I wanted other women to do a self-breast exam and making sure that they're in tune with their bodies. And I don't want them to go through what I went through. Most recently, I received an IG message from this girl who actually I've, I've never met in person. I think we were supposed to. This is back in, in Seattle when I used to live there. Yeah, she messaged me, I believe, like a few weeks ago. And it was really late at night. It was around like 11 or 11.30 p.m. So I can definitely tell that this was like in her mind. And she was probably doing a lot of research, which I can't even imagine. But anyway, so the conversation started, she basically said, Hey, you know, I'm curious how you found the breast cancer. You know, when I received that message, I was like in bed, like about to go to sleep. But then I was like, no, I need to answer this because I know that like she was being very vulnerable and reaching out to me and it's my duty to help her, right? I strongly wanted to help her any way possible and I was super open to telling her whatever questions that she had. Yeah, so then she, you know, was asking me questions like how did you decide to get checked and she mentioned, you know, she found the little lumps from her doctor and she brought it up in 2020. I said to her, like, do you do a self-breast exam? Like, do you feel pain when you touch your breast? When you look in the mirror, is there any dimpling? Are there any nipple discharge, fretness, skin changes? But she mentioned that she doesn't really look and I totally understand. We're not here to judge others. And I personally was the same way that I didn't really check my breast. I didn't really had the education to check my breast. No one really told me, 
hey, Rosalina, like every month you should check your breasts. Like, no, I didn't know. or I didn't know what signs to look for. Also, I didn't know that 80 to 85% of women who get breast cancer don't have family history. I didn't fucking know that until I fucking got breast cancer. There was no judgment at all when she says that she didn't really look because I didn't either. So I explained to her how I felt the lump and what was the signs, even though, again, like I didn't know at that time, but now I do. I told her exactly what I had and the different like skin changes that I had with the lump. She asked me like if I got a mammogram or biopsy and I told her exactly what I did. I said I went to my doctor. I told her the areas of concerns. She performed a breast exam and then when she measured the lump and then the little pimple that I had on top of the skin, she just measured them. And then she said, hey, I'm just going to refer you to get an ultrasound just so we can figure out exactly what it is. She gave me a referral. I called the breast imaging place at UW in Washington. And when I got the ultrasound, they found something suspicious. After the ultrasound, they did a biopsy. And then a few days later, it was confirmed that was breast cancer. She told me that she was going to see her doctor this upcoming week. And she also said that she had no idea that breast cancer was super common after she did a lot of reading online. One thing that I mentioned to her that if you feel something off with your breast, advocate for your health and make sure your doctor hears you. There has been times when doctors don't take young women seriously because, quote unquote, we're too young, but that's not necessarily true. I know it can be scary for sure, but just try to get to the bottom of it. It might not be anything, but just try to get it checked if you feel something off and it doesn't feel right with your body. (laughs) After it being like 12 a.m., I went to sleep and then the next day I was thinking about her and so I messaged her again and said, hey, I just wanted to let you know that I'm here if you have any more questions or need to talk to someone. When I received that message, I felt for her deeply. I am, one, super proud that she was able to come to someone that she doesn't, she's like never met before. But because I was so open about my journey with breast cancer on my personal Instagram account, she, I guess, felt comfortable in reaching out to me and asking me questions. And I think it's super important for us women to be there for other women and support others during this journey of, hey, I reached out to you. Can I ask you some personal questions? Because I think it's super important (laughs) to help other women when they are going through something where they don't really know what to look for. I think it's super important to just talk about your experience. That's all you can do is just be a lending hand to someone and 
you know, it's instead of them going through this alone and going online and researching, because online could be like a very scary place. I am so proud of every woman who helped other women when they reached out for questions or for support or anything along those lines. Kudos to you if you've done that. Other thing I wanted to talk about was my mammogram. So because I got a single mastectomy, they need to check the healthy breast every year for the rest of my life to check if there's any suspicious tumors or anything along those lines on the healthy breast. I got my mammogram done last month. I guess because it's COVID times or something along those lines, but it's so difficult to get an appointment. When I first called to schedule an appointment, they were like, yeah, uh, the next available, this was like in January, the next available appointment is in May. And I'm like, nay. And so I contacted my breast surgeon's nurse practitioner and I was like, hey, I can only get an appointment in May, but Dr. Baker, my breast surgeon, wants me to get it sooner. Is there a way that you can help me? She was able to get me in in March. So I just wanted to point that out to you guys that like if you can't find an appointment sooner, try to work with whoever your nurse practitioner is, your nurse navigator, whoever you can get in contact with so you can get an appointment because I think it's super important for you to get yourself in there, especially, you know, since we've all been through cancer and we need to be monitored really closely. So like, I wasn't really nervous to say when the days was getting closer to getting my mammogram. However, like the day of when I went to the clinic to get the mammogram, I was fine until I went in the elevator. And I don't know why. <laughs> I can't really explain what changed my mood like super fast. But I went into the elevator and then there was this like older couple that came in and I was like, oh, it's going down. And I totally forgot what he said, but something about what he said, like I didn't like, I don't know. It's like an old man's like joke, <laughs> I would say. And for some reason, like that pissed me off. Like <laughs> that joke that he mentioned, like pissed me off. And so I just got into a really bad mood really quickly. And then I was hoping that they weren't going to be in the same room as I was, or they're going to judge me because I'm super young, getting a fucking mammogram, whatever. Right when I got out of that elevator, I immediately was in a bad mood. I went to the front desk and they gave me an, an iPad where I need to fill out the questionnaire and talk about my history. And the fucking annoying thing about this 
They asked me if I had breast cancer. They asked me when I was diagnosed. They asked me when I had my ultrasound, my biopsy, if I had a double mastectomy, what type of surgery, like all these stupid questions for me. Sorry. Like it's not stupid, but like, can't you just look at my chart and know that I had a history instead of me completing this? Like, I just feel that's redundant. I just felt like it was like wasting my time essentially when they could just look up my chart and know that I had breast cancer. So another thing is when I like sat at the waiting room, I was just, I don't know, I was really mentally prepared to snap if someone came up to me or someone like made a remark to say that, oh, I look too young to be here. And I I don't know. I was like, again, just (laughs) from the instant bad mood when I just left the elevator, I was willing to just snap and just be angry at someone who just says something wrong to me. When they called me, changed my robe and everything like that, I told the tech that I forgot to not put deodorant. And so I need a white to remove it because that's what they ask you to do before you get a mammogram or I guess an ultrasound too. When I was in the waiting room and I put it in the rope and everything like that, I wasn't nervous or anything along those lines. And then when I went into the room, the tech was like, this other person is going to be in this room because she's monitoring my performance or whatever. And so I think this tech was actually in training. At first, when I entered the room, I saw another person. And then initially, the first thing in my mind was like, what the hell is this person doing here? Is it necessary for this person to be here? Because if it's not, I don't want you in this room. So (laughs) when she said that like she was there to like monitor her, because she's like, I guess because she's in training, then I was like, okay, fine. She started to position me, get the mammogram done. And I don't know for whatever reason, I just started to tear up. I don't know what happened (laughs) that moment within the hour span that I was there. I had a mixture of different emotions. I was like in a really bad mood into me almost in tears. I was in tears and I didn't want the tech to see. So I was trying to hold it in as much as possible until... She said, oh, I forgot you mentioned that you had deodorant on. Let me get you a wipe. And then initially, I was trying to get it together. She gave me the wipe and I wiped myself. And then I didn't have any more tears. I was just basically telling myself, like, you got this for Selena. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. So basically did the mammogram. And then within that appointment, I also need to get an ultrasound as well. So my appointment was a combination of getting a mammogram and also getting an ultrasound. And of course, it's because I still have dense breast. So they can't necessarily see everything. And dense breast in the mammogram, it's like pretty white. And so cancer also can show up white. So they wanted to be cautious and do an ultrasound too. I'm all about doing multiple tests (laughs) because obviously with my history, we have to really be cautious. When I went into the ultrasound room, the tech was saying, oh, do you want a chaperone? And then I was like, no one came with me 
to my appointment. She was like, oh, we can like bring someone in if you need someone to hold your hand or anything like that, which I've never heard of actually. And this is at UCLA. And I was like, no, I'm good. I don't want some stranger holding my hand. I think I could handle this. She was super kind and nice. And (laughs) when I was like laying on the bed, I had flashbacks to when I had my first ultrasound. I was looking at the screen. I was looking at her expression. And I was looking at where she was moving me around. I was looking at where she was taking measurements. It was just like, I had like flashbacks. Oh my gosh, it was terrible. Each time she had the expression of like, hmm, like, what is this spot or like, whatever, like, uh, like on the screen when she was like kind of going back to that area, I got nervous. And that's essentially the same feeling that I had when I did my first ultrasound before even knowing that I had cancer. So that was an interesting experience. Yeah, when I at home, I was like in a really like irritated mood. <laughs> it's like so funny. Like I thought I would be fine during my appointment for the mammogram slash ultrasound. And for some reason, when I got in there, I just was initially in a bad mood. I was in, I was about to be in tears and I got really nervous and it got flashbacks like all in, you know, the span of one hour. So that was really interesting. I got the mammogram I think was on a Monday and I didn't get my results until I think Thursday. So it was like a few days. And for some reason, like, I think it was like Wednesday, I started to get worried. I don't know. Like for some reason, I started to get nervous. I was like, okay, my gosh, like, do I have cancer again? Like, is there a recurrence? Like I was just a mess. And when I was like in the shower, I had another flashback where there was a time when they did the ultrasound where my lymph nodes were and also did the biopsy. And I was remembering when I was in the shower, just like praying that there was no cancer in my lymph nodes. And so I was like praying and praying and like trying to stay calm. And that was exactly what I was trying to do (laughs) when I was in the shower. This time around is like, oh my gosh, I hope I don't have recurrence. I hope I don't have a recurrence. I hope it's like a normal test. And so I got really nervous. The next day, Thursday, I was in Target and I got a notification from my chart that they released my test results. (laughs) When I received that notification, I was like, well, I need to see how the tests went. When I read through the test, they basically said that everything looked normal. And I also received a message from my breast surgeon saying like, congrats, Rosalina, your tests were normal. There was nothing abnormal about the mammogram or ultrasound. And I felt like I can breathe again. I just went through <laughs> like so many emotions within the past few days. And I guess maybe I just had a realization that like, fuck, I did this test and I don't even know what the results are going to be. And so once I received the results and everything was normal, I was so ecstatic. And I was like, oh, thank 
fucking God. I don't know what I would do (laughs) at this moment. You know, I just, I completed chemotherapy six months ago and then I completed radiation three months ago. And so I couldn't bear with the news of having breast cancer this early on. I was so ecstatic that my test came back normal. But I wanted to kind of go back to why I was feeling angry and why I was feeling upset during my mammogram and how I can better my mindset the next time that I have to do that again, right? So when you enter the mammogram center, the breast imaging center, you know, typically you are the youngest or one of the youngest patients. One of the things that I was thinking about and I wanted to like switch my mindset, you know, was like, okay, I'm probably going to be the only person under 40 at the mammogram center. Did I feel out of place or will I feel out of place? Yes. But does that matter? No. And the reason why it does not matter that I'm the youngest person there is because I showed up for myself. I showed up for my health. I don't have to go to that appointment if I don't want to, but I chose to because I want to prioritize my health and make sure I don't have a recurrence that nothing looks suspicious because of my history. And of course, now that I've learned that breast cancer is super common and cancer doesn't discriminate age, it's super important for me now to show up for myself. That's the mindset that I want to change when I go to my next appointment now. I don't want to feel angry every time I go to the mammogram center or the breast imaging center. The only important thing that matters is that you showed up and you are taking charge and control of your health. And that is the only thing that matters. That's what I'm going to live by moving forward. Since I changed that mindset, I feel a little bit more relaxed and not tensed up. Yeah, like, I I don't know. I just had that, like, realization. And I think it's super important to change that mindset. Thank you all for listening and supporting our podcast. Sharing our stories with you has been incredibly healing for both of us, and we hope it helps other women in their journeys through breast cancer. Ladies, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and fellow breasties. Help us reach more women by subscribing and rating us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now on YouTube. You can follow us on Instagram at TYFTS Podcast and email us at TYFTS Podcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys, so shoot us a message. We will link any resources from the episode in our show notes. 